Hey guys, welcome to IMO, a Top Fives podcast. My name is Nate and I'm here with Quentin and Matt. Uh, today's episode is on our Top Five books and as a special treat, joining us on our show is none other than my very own sister, Megan. Megan, welcome. Thank you. Megan is joining us today um, because she really had no friends in high school and just read a ton and ton of books. We brought in the expert. <laughs> Nate, what's the true reason we brought her on? Okay, just kidding. Megan, <laughs> Megan did read a lot of books, but the biggest issue, honestly, was me. I just didn't read a ton of books, and I would have been throwing out, like, Captain Underpants for my top five, and didn't feel like that would have... Which, if anyone, if that's on your list, that's a great choice. It's a great series. Didn't feel like it was you know, worth being on the podcast. So I am actually not going to have a top five. Megan is more of an expert. And so she will be joining us and sharing with us her top five. So we're really excited. Yeah, and we think... really wanted to do the books one. And we got a little bit of pushback from Nate. So we decided to move on without him. And if Megan does a good job, we may just replace Nate permanently <laughs> on this podcast. It's kind of a lot of stress, though, getting a top five list. Yeah, okay. harder so, than you yeah. thought, right? Like Can you, you always criticize. Our th maybe not always criticize, but it's oh, harder no. than it seems. I have heavily criticized your guys' top five list. <laughs> but now you know it's hard, right? It's so stressful. It's like yeah. not only stressful to narrow it down to five, but then to rank them. Yeah. And why? Yeah. And why? Yes. I feel like it'll be really good to have Megan on just... I feel like she's going to have a very different variety of books than either Maybe Quentin Maybe a, a female or I. touch, you know. <laughs> yes, I I think we will see that. And also, I was going to mention by the way, um it has been a while since our last podcast and that is because Nate moved in next door. He's in Utah with the rest of us. So Back in Utah. We're back, he's back. We're good to go. I'm back. Megan's back. Oh, Megan moved here too, but I guess yeah. <laughs> a quick background on Megan. She lived in Louisiana, lived in Texas, now lives in Utah. But anyways, Nate's back. So <laughs> Yeah, Nate. Glad to have him. <laughs> okay, so before we get started, I should mention that some of these books are gonna have some spoilers um as we talk about them. Hopefully we won't spoil them completely. But just know that there will be some information in there that you may not want to hear if you haven't read the book yet. And also, in terms of books, we didn't really limit it to only these types of books. These could be self-help books. These could be business books. These could be fantasy, any type of, of book. So, Just no full novels. Had to be one book from like a series. Sorry, right. Novels, but... So you can't include the entire Lord of the Rings. You had to choose just one. Yes. And I feel like a hard part of this was actually determining what I like to read. Because as I thought about it, I was like, do I like reading, you know, kind of those self-help instructional books, how to improve my life? Because I have a good friend, Tyler, growing up, like, that's what he reads. But then I know Quentin reads, I won't spoil it for you, Quentin, but I know what you read, and it's very different than, like, just pure entertainment. I think it's entertaining. <laughs> 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 okay, good point. But I feel like there are different types of reading, like informational reading, entertainment reading, yeah, like self-help reading. So I kind of I try just... and switch off between all those two. Like, I mean, obviously I could read fiction over and over and over, but I really try and squeeze in a, a self-help or like a 
biography type book. Sounds boring, but they're great. <laughs> no, I've definitely gone through a few biographies. They're good. Very good. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, Megan, do you want to start us off with your number five? Yeah. <laughs> Get your butterflies out. <laughs> okay, my number five is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. I don't know if, I mean, I kind of doubt that you guys have read that. No, I've heard of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> the name rings a bell. <laughs> well, that's good. It's your typical, like, very classic novel centered in the, I don't know what period you would say. Let's just put it in the Jane Eyre, not Jane Austen kind of area. But it's, I love it because, like, Jane is someone who's, poor she's not very pretty but she's got like really good ideals she's passionate um she has a lot of dignity and throughout the story you know she kind of finds these situations where she has to choose what kind of freedom she wants does she want like the freedom to love someone or the freedom to do what she really wants to be free or but then everything kind of boils down to what her her dignity is and what her dignity is going to let her do. Um, but anyways. Okay. Is there, is there a Netflix movie or a movie on Netflix about this right now or a series? Well, I know that there is a movie. I think there's a couple movies. There's a Broadway. Natalie's listened to the music a lot. I know you guys have the quote actually from well, the book above your room. I was going to say the quote is above my bed. So I've read that one quote millions of times, but I will <laughs> share the quote because it's a spoiler. I know that spoiler. much at least. <laughs> I so, will be honest. I, before 30 seconds ago, I thought that that book was written by Jane Austen. Didn't really know a lot about it, but no. now I know. Charlotte Bronte. And anyways, I mean, she just, she has a strong sense of self-worth and she meets Rochester, who's the other main guy. And she finally finds someone who loves her for what she is, even though she's poor and she's not that pretty, but like circumstances are just all over the place and they don't always match up. Now, is this a book that's like considered like a classic? Yes, yeah? okay. definitely. Okay. I'm actually pretty interested to see if this is the only um, like, what period drama <laughs> book that's on your list but don't spoil it yet oh i won't all right i will go ahead and jump into my number five uh my number five is called no excuses no regrets the eric weddle story by trent toon and so i think nate especially he knows i like to read sports biographies as well um, is what I'll call them. So everything from um, Steve Young to, um, oh gosh, Andre Iguodala. <laughs> um, but Eric Weddle, by far um, my favorite book from kind of that um, type. Genre? <laughs> Genre, Genre, yeah. <laughs> So Was he the San Diego Chargers? Did he play yes. in the NFL? Okay, that's who if, that is. And if you remember, he terrorized BYU fans oh. for years. I mean, he played for those Utah. that don't know Eric Weddle, he went to University of Utah. Yeah. Um, he actually joined the church while he was going to school there. Um, so the book's about kind of his early football days 
um, you know, high school, how you, everyone said, oh, he's too small. Same thing in college. Oh, he's not that he's, he's too small, but he just used hard work to get to where he was. And he was a dominant player for the university of Utah, especially yeah, against BYU. I feel like, um, and then it should obviously... be noted that he played both offense and defense. Yeah, oh, wow. and I don't really know of any other college football player that played both offense and defense. And yeah, it, it wasn't like he played a play here or there. Like he was the starting running back and the starting safety. Right. That's insane. Um, a little bit less on the running back, but yeah, definitely got some plays in, scored lots of offensive touchdowns, and just one of the best safeties in football he's been a pro bowler multiple times so it's kind of just all about his story um everything about meeting his wife she's a she was a soccer player at utah um and just kind of his whole experience of being kind of cast aside through um you know middle school high school college and then finally people realizing okay this guy's pretty good um so i i've followed him in um, the NFL throughout partly because of this book and partly because I just had so much respect for him because um, he was such he was a, a great player. player. Yeah. Yeah. He had an awesome beard too. I don't know if anyone yes. saw that beard of his. <laughs> yeah. Was it anything like a James Harden beard? Similar. If, similar. If not bigger, I think. Like, yeah, it was huge. definitely. He looked like a mountain man for sure for a while. <laughs> so speaking of football, biographies did you read the steve young one my life yeah. behind the spiral did you like uh-huh. that one yeah i did okay i feel like it sounds kind of similar i like that one a lot yeah and yeah it is pretty similar i think the reason i chose this one over that one for my number five is really eric weddle <laughs> i yeah. just like him so much i'm like he's like yeah he's the guy i want to be best friends with if there's one other football player I think would have a great book like him would be Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah. After yeah. having three season ending injuries and now being like just this crazy all purpose player for the Saints. He'll one day. Yeah, yeah definitely he'll have a book someday, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Matt, take it away. Okay. My number five, and I <clears throat> probably should note that most uh all of my books are in the fantasy genre so usually i'm the one in the podcast who's like oh i'm very diverse in what i like (laughs) but not this time (laughs) so my number five is the giver by lois lowry lewis lowry i've never really known how to say the name um love that book Okay, I'm glad you've read it. And this is one, if you guys remember, I'm an elementary school teacher and like I've actually read this to my sixth graders. Um, and I remember reading it that young and I still love reading it, you know, as an adult to this day. It's, if for those of you who haven't read it, it's kind of like a utopian world. Um, people are kind of, a career is chosen for them and their life is almost kind of set out before them. And I won't give any of the spoilers away but this is like the first book that I read that had like a big reveal or like a big secret at the end. It was just like mind blown. And I loved that feeling of reading this whole book, knowing from like my perspective what's going on, but the people in the book don't know. And then you get to the end and the people in the book find out and like, it's crazy. It's such a good reveal, but kind of the premise is that no one can feel emotion like they can't feel heat or cold or love 
or hate. And all of those emotions are channeled through one person who kind of keeps them locked away in secret because they feel like those emotions ruin society. So it's, it's really interesting. And just, I loved that book. Loved the big reveal at the end. Rock solid book. That's actually one you'll see more of these on my list later, but it was required for me to read it. And usually if a book's required, I'm I like, hate automatically hate it. I'm like, no, I will not Scarlet like this book. Letter of the Great Gatsby. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like those books. But this was one where I was like, okay, that was pretty good. That it was good. Just <laughs> missed my top five. Sorry, but great book. Good. I'm glad someone else agrees with one of my choices for once in this podcast history. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've read that book. Like I think since elementary or whenever they had us read it. Is that like a everyone reads that book that young it's usually like junior like, high high like school grade, i think yeah okay so i don't think i read that book or <laughs> i just failed I, I don't know the only book i remember reading in school well not the only book but the 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 hatchet do you guys remember that one? Oh, i love that book that one was on my big list yeah that's like, like scott's Paulson. favorite book <laughs> scott's favorite book what was that like a fifth grade sixth grade book yeah Scott, by the way, is Megan's husband, for those of you that don't know. Yes, that's probably the only book that he's really read and that he wrote every book report on. So <laughs> Very nice. good. Even so, up until high school and college? Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I knew this at the time, but I did hear later that there were sequels to that book. Did you ever read those by chance, Matt? I did. So there's Hatchet and then Brian's No, Winter. I'm talking about, talking about The Giver, sorry. Oh, yeah. So there's The Giver, there's The Sun. It's Gathering Blue, Messenger, and Sun. Yeah, but yeah, I've read them all, but it's been a long time. And Giver was definitely the, the best. Okay, that's what I was, I was pretty sure that, that I'd heard that was the case, but I never read the other ones. Yeah, they're good. All right. Well, Matt, why don't you go ahead and jump to your number four? Okay, I'm actually like really hoping, Megan, I'm pretty sure this is not on your <laughs> list, but Quentin, I'm, I'm hoping... This is Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. I know the movie. It's not on my list. No. Sorry. This is like my one sci-fi book. Have you read it though, Quentin? Yes. Megan? I haven't read it. Okay. Nate's seen the movie. Um, Have you guys all seen the movie? No. I did not see the movie. I have. Is it It close to the book? Uh, it's close in some aspects, and they've changed things in other aspects. But uh, it's a good movie. Um, it's kind of like very futuristic sci-fi, kind of humans against aliens. Um, and it's about a boy named Ender and kind of his journey. He, he has a terrible childhood. You know, it almost seems like his family doesn't want him. Um, the only person that he like really loves in life is his one brother, who he gets separated from, goes to like a space camp to you know become a kind of a warrior or a, a fighter space cadet sure a space cadet that's a good word for it <laughs> what is it for the pig <laughs> yeah. oh no <laughs> oh. you're a young space cadet <laughs> so yeah he learns to become a space cadet and there's also a very big huge reveal in the end of this book as well that just uh, i guess that's kind of what i love about books is something that is mind-blowing at the end um, it, it, there's a lot of like ethical 
moral challenges it poses like this form of life these aliens like is it moral and ethical for us to kill them and so it, it kind of provokes or it's a very thought-provoking book as well so i loved it for that reason hmm. nice very good megan why don't you go ahead and jump in okay <clears throat> my number four is the count of monte cristo by oh, alexander excellent. dumas and i like as i was kind of you know doing some research to make sure i was you know it's been a long time since i've read the book so Oh, man, the more I like looked into it, it was like, I need to pick this up and read it. It is How to so read it. Yeah. Oh, good. And like, I love the movie, but the book just has so much depth that the movie just has no chance of even capturing. Like Edmund Dantes, I was going through the list of characters. He has seven different disguises when he, wow. you know, escapes from Chateau d'If and he literally controls everyone like it's years worth of planning and he creates mind games with these people it's not like he kills each of them he does things to make them commit suicide or get in this or you know whatever yeah totally it's so like impressive the way he becomes a mastermind in the book way more than the movie um that's definitely a book I'll have to read then because I love the movie. Yeah, and the movie I think did great, but like Megan said, like you can only do so much for a book like that. Sure. The book does not have the Hollywood ending though that the movie does. And I actually like it's kind of it bothers you at first because you're like mad <sighs> about it. Yeah. But when you think about like his character and who he's become and who Mercedes always was it just doesn't make as logical sense to have like this perfect Hollywood ending. The yeah. ending in the book makes way more sense to the characters. But. You definitely like the not so we'll call it happy ending in the book as opposed to the more happy ending in the movie. I like both, but I definitely find myself like, I think there's a couple other books on my list that like don't end in the perfect way. And sometimes I just appreciate that because it's not so fairy tale or it's not like, oh, this is how the book's gonna end eventually. I know it'll get there. Yeah. It's, like, oh. it's what are those movies? So that you are... could call the book like more true to the character. Like sure. no way does someone go through twelve years of whatever manipulating to then one day be like, you know what? I need to be better. Like as maybe the movie portrays it. Yeah, I mean, like, one of his disguises is who he is when he does good deeds, you know, but that's just one of the seven. The others are are all leading into his plots of revenge. So it's like his personality is no longer the same as when it yeah. was before he got captured. Super good book. I really had a hard time as I, like, kept looking into it. It was like, where do I even put this on my top five? Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that one made it. I'm I'm really happy about that. Well done, Megan. So far, you're nailing this. Excellent. Wow, Megan, that's better than I ever got my first podcast or second <laughs> or third. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number four is The Hunger Games. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and great, great movie. Loved them. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> boy. I have to say... I liked the book a lot more before the movies came out. The movies just kind of like, it's hard to read it now and not picture, you know, Katniss the way she's portray uh, portrayed in the movie. It's true. And there's just like small things. And I'm like, ah, 
they didn't do that great in the movie. But I think for me, the reason that I liked the book so much was it was just such a, a really, I don't know, it was a really unique, cool idea. Um, sounds a little bloody, but basically, you know, that's, that's where <laughs> cool Fortnite idea, comes huh? from. <laughs> that's where Battle Royale comes from. Put a bunch of teenagers in a slowly shrinking, slowly shrinking cage. circle and have them fight to the death. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a very well-written book. Um, don't take this the wrong way, everybody, but sometimes I do struggle with books and even movies where the main character is a girl because they can be very emotional <laughs> and irrational. <laughs> but this is one, even though she was emotional and irrational sometimes, where I was like, okay, absolutely. So that is my number four. Super solid, um, super solid read. If you haven't read it, which hopefully you have by now. Have you read the newest one? I think she just released a like a, a new one. Yeah. Like um, an, an addition to like part yes. yes. So you have like Katniss and the main evil dude, whatever his name is, the Snow. Snoke. Snow. Snow. No. Snoke no. Is, is Star Wars? <laughs> what is this? I think the new book is Snow's Childhood. Oh, Ooh. interesting. I have so not read that. Kind of learn why he is the way he is. And it I'm kind not of makes... sure I care to read it, but <laughs> I haven't I mean, read it, but I haven't read it. I heard it's good. But I also oh. want to say right. I think there are very few movies that do as good or a better job than the book. It's tough to do, absolutely. So are you saying that this movie did as good or better than the book or just in general tough? I'm not saying that, Megan. No, Megan. Just in general. I don't oh, okay, think okay. any movie yeah. lives up really to the book. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty true. Yep. So I didn't see any of the movies until after they were basically all released. I haven't read the books, but whenever someone mentions Hunger Games, I think of... I'm not sure if you guys saw the YouTube video of Katniss like Pita? screaming "Pita, yes. Pita!" like with someone pita like bread. puts in a hand with like pita bread everywhere, and oh it's like three minutes long of her saying "Pita" in different the scenes movie. every time. Yeah, she says it so much. So not to take away from the movie or the book, <laughs> but if you have not seen that YouTube clip, go search. I don't even know what to search, but something about Katniss saying "Pita" and "Pita bread." I'll bet it'll come up. <laughs> All right, Quentin, do you want to go ahead and jump into your number three? Yes. So my number three is another book that I was required to read in high school, my wow. senior year. Um, but I had a really awesome English teacher, and he wanted to get us something a little more modern, I guess you could say. Uh, my number three is The Kite Runner. And Ooh, the main that's author. A good one. I might mess this up. It's Khalid Hosseini. He's uh, from Afghanistan. I've um, never heard of this. Yeah, it's a really good, solid book. And it's pretty interesting. So it's got three parts in the book. Part one is basically the main character, um, him and his best friend, who's also like the family servant's son. Um as kids part two is five years later when they when the main character is a teenager and part three is basically after that so 
it's it's tough to explain but during so the book takes place in afghanistan and and it's about this family that ends up coming to the united states um and basically it's about you know he's got this super loyal friend and the main character is maybe not so loyal to his friend um i can't really say a ton more without giving too much away but you know when we were reading this book in high school we were also learning a lot about kind of the history of afghanistan and um russia or maybe it was the soviet union like kind of taking over parts of the middle east and that has a lot to do with the book um so anyway yeah it's a it's a great read and you know there's so if you yeah. could like pinpoint one theme of the story or something to like redemption okay redemption basically I, I like that theme without giving anything away the main character betrays his friend and makes up for it a long ways down the road um just i guess maybe a heads up there is some i guess explicit content in it there's um but it has a lot to do with the story but it's not I mean, it's not over the top, and it, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but. Well, you read it in high school, so. <laughs> yeah, I read it in high school, with it in so high it must school. be okay. <laughs> read it in high school in Utah, so it must be, <laughs> must be solid. Yeah, so. I can't remember when I read that book. I've only read it once, but the only thing that I remember is them describing the kite um, flying, I don't know what Race, you almost. But it's yeah. like they would coat the strings with shards of glass yeah. so that as you'd fly your kite, you could cut other people's kites down. And then so the, the kids object would is run to be the, the last, last kite, kite standing. Yeah. And the kids would like run through the streets to collect the kites that had fallen. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah. And his description of that is incredible. Like that's probably one of the best parts of the book. Um, but yeah, very solid read. I would highly recommend this book. And I can't really say a whole lot more about it without giving too much away. So I was going to say your description of this at first sounded like my description of the Studio Ghibli movies. And I was, he was like, <laughs> and what is it about? <laughs> yeah. Nice. I would be interested in reading that one. So I'll have to give that one a check. Um, my number three is, I will preface this by saying, I think this book has the best written character of all time in any series and i hate her more than anyone oh ooh! this is harry potter book five ah really dolores umbridge i hate umbridge with a fiery burning passion <laughs> yeah one of the best villains out there seriously and i've read some articles that say like if like if an author can evoke those emotions in you from reading a book, you know that that character is written well. Yeah. And I've read like lists and lists of most hated characters of all time. And she's consistently top three in any list. Oh man, that book for sure. Yeah. She just. Yeah. I'm not even going to like explain what the book is about. Cause I'm, I'm going to assume everyone's at least seen the movies except for Nate. Nate. Wait, are you saying I haven't seen the movies? <laughs> Oh, I thought you hadn't read the books or seen the movies. What? Oh, okay. I've seen, the movies. seen the movies. Okay. <laughs> okay. So is um not to like keep bringing everything back to the movies, 
but I think it helps. Well, it helps me, and it might help our other listeners. But would listeners you say, Umbridge in the book and Umbridge in the movie, pretty pretty similar or pretty similar? But I think like it was cast well. Yeah, it was cast very a, well. Sure, they did a good job at casting her. There's just a couple like things in books that you can describe that you can't really show in a movie. Maybe like personality traits, like little things that she does that maybe you miss in a movie. There's but, like the chapters about her and what she does. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely loathe her. But <laughs> the one, and that's one reason why I love the book is because like, it's so memorable to me because of her. But the other reason I love this book is I feel like at least the first three books are pretty lighthearted. It's like, oh, it's a new magical school. I'm, I'm a student yeah. here. It's this new world, all these new things. Um, book four gets a little bit darker. Um, that's when Lord Voldemort returns. And then book five, from book five on, it is like a completely different series. It becomes yeah. a lot more serious and dark um, and not as lighthearted. And, and I just loved that turnaround from book five so would you say that book five is your favorite unless there's other harry potters to come because of umbridge and like the emotion it brings out or are there other reasons yeah i think she's not the only part she's not the only reason i think there are other factors in there as well i mean if you remember my top five movies my favorite movie is number one just because of how magical it is (laughs) happy yeah (laughs) but in the books starting from book four and five you see a lot more like of the magic world the magic system like you see a lot more spells coming out and things that wizards can do whereas in books one through four it's like i swear the same spells over and over like oh this door's unlocked let me let me sneak through this door with i love hamara yeah. Yeah. What's the point of locking doors in Harry Potter? It's <laughs> not a Valid point at all. <laughs> so I think I feel like everything just gets elevated starting in book five because you know the main villain has finally returned in full. And so, you know, just crap hits the fan and things start to get a lot cooler and I love it. So yeah. totally fair. Number five, my only thing against num- book number five is that Harry Potter or Harry himself in it is, a, is I, he's an angry child. Yes. And I got a little annoyed <laughs> with that, but I, I don't disagree with any of your points that you made. It yeah. was actually really hard for me to decide between book four and book five. Those are my yeah. two that yeah. I loved. Yeah. So there you so, have it. What was anybody here? The person that would stay up till midnight, get the book and then read it all night and finish it somehow and go to school and be like, oh my gosh, I just finished the book that just came out like two, like 12 hours ago. Megan, Nathan, in our hands. <laughs> Nathan, I don't know if you remember, but I went to like the midnight book releases. Oh my gosh. So, so did I. And I remember like my friend, Michaela Rich, we would both stay up as long as we could reading the book and then in the morning, see who got the farthest. So yeah. Get me and. Tyler Maurer and Lincoln Gigi, three of us from my ward, we would go to, I think it's out of business now. I think it's called Borders. It used to be called Borders. Loved oh, Borders. Familiar. Yeah. We'd sit in the line from like nine to midnight. <laughs> and then they'd come and hand you your book and you'd walk up and buy it. And then you'd go home and read all night. 
Man, so that. I'll just say this. So I don't read a ton of books, but I really do love books. I have read books. I just wouldn't be able to come with the top five. So I think <laughs> uh-huh. that that would be awesome. If I was really into books, I can totally see where like the hype and the excitement um, comes from. So I, I'm not judging or like saying that's ridiculous. I think it's awesome. If you're going to start somewhere, you've got to start with the Harry Potters, I think. Yeah, it's just I, like, that's pretty solid. Let, let me start you off with like, what, a 500-page book? And it only goes up from there? <laughs> the first one is not <laughs> like that long. 300 and something. And then the biggest one's actually five, four or five. I, I think it's 700 was... something, actually. Nate, that's but then the other books it's Matt wants to read. Okay, okay, yeah, I was going to say crazy stat time. I think the <laughs> audiobooks for Harry Potter are like anywhere from six to maybe 12 hours. Huh. My number Peace. one audiobook is like a 55-hour audiobook. Or sorry, my number one book is a 55-hour audiobook. Are you sure it's only 6 to 12 hours? It's got to I mean, be more. I mean, if like you can at read least it in one night. 20, 25. Hours? No. Well, I'll look it up while we're still going. Okay. But I'm pretty sure it's, it's a pretty short-ish audiobook. But another cool stat is... This is besides the Bible. I'm pretty sure this is the most sold book in human history. Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's including like each book, kind of as as like a series. Okay. I think there are individual books that have sold more, but like as a total series, like Harry Potter has sold the most ever. So the Philosopher's Stone, the first Harry Potter, is eight hours audiobook. Wow. That seems short. Which it is the shortest book. So I bet the longest one is maybe like, yeah, 12 hours. Okay. It's not that long. Okay. I'm going to my number three. Matt, this one's for you. Oh, yes. Yay. Uh, Mistborn, the final. Oh, my gosh. The first book in Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. So I used to read a lot of fantasy, like junior high and even into high school even though high school I started transitioning to different styles but I haven't gone back to fantasy (laughs) since then um and Matt got me to read this and it took some time it took some time to get her to get (laughs) but I got her it is true but I don't know what it is about fantasy novels but sometimes like being in these worlds it's just a nice escape (laughs) from like oh yeah the crap that is from going... 2020 <laughs> yes specifically <laughs> um like his magic system in Mistborn is so intriguing and like nothing i've ever read about or could imagine yeah for sure could manage and like you know if you liquids or dissolve these li- or uh, metals depending on if you have the magic or not then you can do certain things but it's very how did you describe the magic matt it was very like there's set rules and that's it. Yeah, I think Brandon's fantasy style is called high fantasy, where it's a very strict magic system. It's not like Harry Potter or some other things out there where it's like, oh, I'm trapped in this situation. Let me just magically do this and get out. It's like Brandon has set up his world. So it's like very strict laws and you know those laws. Yeah. So like nothing really comes out of the blue magic system wise. So. But then he is for sure one of those authors that likes to set a bomb off in the last like two chapters of the book. And you feel like no idea 
what just happened. You, you don't expect any of it. You could foresee it. Like he flips the whole book on its end and then finishes it. And you're just dumped there. Like what, what just happened? Um, and yes. that's always really fun. <laughs> I'm excited. I, uh, I, Matt knows this, but that is my next book. Um, hopefully starting here. Yeah. Probably end of this month, maybe early next month. I've heard enough good recommendations and we're ready to go. I'm so excited. I would say though, it's kind of dark. Like there is a fair amount of like killing kind of dark fantasy, especially in this first one. At least that I like, Oh yeah. Sounds good to me. (laughs) Sounds great. Bring it on. (laughs) So anyways, that's my number three. I'm proud of you, Megan. I know. Very good. Well, Megan, why don't you go ahead and jump into your number two as well? Well, if we're going to do that, then I'll jump into my number two because my number two is also <laughs> Mistborn, the final empire. Hey, Sounds did good. I say you could go next, Matt? <laughs> no. Good. Go for it. Okay. So I don't have too much more to add about the book itself other than of any book I have ever read. This book has the best, what I call payoff at the end. Um, you know, this whole book is leading up to something. And at yeah. the end, like, it's just such a satisfying end. I'd say like the last like 10% is the most satisfying. <laughs> and then like the last 1% is like, wait, what? So it has the biggest like reveal secret. that's just mind blowing payoff at the end. And I absolutely love it. Um, Quentin. I know you said this before, but the main character in this one is a female. Just wait. Oh, oh, oh no! <laughs> what? <laughs> no, sh- Vin's awesome. She is awesome. Yeah. And uh, because I have another having second thoughts, <laughs> Brandon. So no, because I have another Brandon Sanderson book on here, I kind of have to explain a little bit just about his books. So he's writing. I think it's supposed to be a thirty-book series in like this kind of universe that he's created. <laughs> Quentin's like, oh no. <laughs> Hold on, Quentin, don't worry. I can't commit to that. <laughs> oh, you will. And you Just can. start, no, ignore Matt. Just start with Mistborn and... Yeah, so it's supposed to be 30 books long, but he separates each, he, he's right, like, he writes trilogies and each trilogy is set on a different world with a different magic system and they can all be read individually apart from each other. Like you don't have to read all of them to get the full story. Um, So with Mistborn, the final empire, I feel like that's one of the books you could just read alone and feel good at stopping there. So Brandon Sanderson's strategy. All you need is just the iPad and then I need the phone and then I need the watch and I need the laptop and then I need the AirPods and then. Yeah. It is true. He is the apple of authors. Wow. He really is. I I was on Reddit the other day. He has a huge following. And he was doing a Kickstarter because it's the 10-year anniversary of one of his books. And he had set it for like a four or five-week period. He wanted to raise like $50,000 in Do four what? weeks. He was going to make leather-bound books with like uh, etchings in the leather and signed and everything. So fifty thousand dollars in four weeks, and in one hour he had over five hundred thousand dollars. 
<laughs> on Kickstarter. Awesome. <laughs> like so many people just love this series and love Brandon Sanderson. So if I had any book to recommend to anyone wanting to get into fantasy, it would be this book. Very good. Okay, Megan, now <laughs> you may go to your number two. All right. Well, my number two is a totally kind of different direction from fantasy, especially all of these. But anyways, it's Gone with the Wind by Margaret Mitchell. Oh, that's such a long book. <laughs> Have you read it, Matt? No, but Natalie did. And it was <laughs> I made Natalie so many pages. <laughs> years to finish. <laughs> I forced Natalie to read it after I did. Um, I read it with a my book club in Louisiana in our ward and we, it was a summer book so everyone had like three months to read it but um <sighs> talking about books that have characters that evoke strong emotions the main character in this book like you just hate her and yet you still root for her it's like the uh, the worst I don't know the anyway, best makes sense. the worst yep that makes sense <laughs> she's so infuriating and um, so Scarlett O'Hara is her name. She lives in a plantation in the South. She's like a plantation princess. You know, she gets what she wants. She toys with all the guys. She's, she's really like determined to succeed, but like she backstabs a lot of people. Like she has no sort of um, maybe conscious about like how people feel. It's just like, this is the logical thing to do to get to what I want, whether it hurts anyone. Um, but in the story, you have the the war with the South, and so a lot of it is is just really interesting in that area of time. Reading it from like a Southerner's perspective, especially like a plantation owner family, and like what she has to do to survive after the South lose, and she takes over the plantation, and like she's out there picking cotton, you know, because she's so determined to not lose her family's land and and whatnot. But it's also another book. I have never ever had a book that I have literally wanted to chuck across the room <laughs> the moment I finished it out of just anger and frustration. It like, did not end how you wanted it to. Oh dear. <laughs> I just oh man it's just even just thinking about it like it brings up all these <laughs> boiling emotions that I'm like it's just crazy to have a book that you get so wrapped up in and you like don't really love the main character but I think it's another one of those things where she's got so many natural character things you know she's not your typical main character that's got all these great attributes and only maybe a few negative but they're like super lovable and they do the right thing and whatever like she's just like a straight up normal person that you kind of hate but <laughs> she got some good stuff too um anyways yeah it just it's it's a long book but it's like got a great storyline and evokes a lot of strong feelings <laughs> i wish i could comment more on it megan but i have not <laughs> read it <laughs> I have not read it or but seen it, the like, movie, so I'm. If it would, if it I evokes... would quote. <laughs> I made Scott watch the movie, and it is long. Also, the old one, <laughs> like the '50s one. Yeah. I was gonna throw a quote in there, the most like famous quote of the whole book, but it swears. So. It's the first. Yeah, that wasn't that the first movie that swore, right? Yeah, and it got like so much crap oh, for gosh. it. It's the very last line in the, in the movie, in the book, I think. And yeah, it's so great. 
Well, maybe we'll have to give the movie a shot and then go to the book. Book is so good. I well, if a book like brings out that much emotion in you, it's got to be good. So maybe I'll ask Natalie if I should give it a shot too. Oh, you'll have to tell me what she says because I'm pretty sure she was pissed off too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my number two is The Hobbit. Oh, that was on my big list. I'm so glad. Yay! You it made it. <laughs> So, yeah, The Hobbit. Um, I've tried I've... multiple times, Q. Oh, what? Man, you, you weren't able to get through it? No. Matt, like, not even, is it like, too first... long for you, Matt? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Compared to the other Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, like, so much better. Exactly. That's the Lord of the Rings. There's too many songs and poems and He's kind of way... unnecessary. He's so descriptive on the landscape. You're kind of like, yeah, I like... don't need much holy detail. smokes it's been four pages of how the trees are green <laughs> uh but yeah the hobbit is definitely more it's just all adventure all story and yeah solid solid book um definitely really yeah you love everything about bilbo uh you love all the dwarves and obviously i mean somehow they made three movies and i didn't love them yeah. But because in the book, you know, obviously you've just got more, you come to know the, all the dwarves kind of individually and yeah, great book. And there's, it's just every chapter, even though it does all tie in, every chapter is kind of its own story, you know, like, oh, this happened and oh, this happened with the dragon. This happened, this is where we, where Bilbo got the ring. This is, and it so it, it is connected, but it they finish a chapter and it feels like, and then we went here and and then the whole chapter is about, you know, the next part of the adventure. Yeah, kind of like that journal style in a way where it was like, okay, here was this adventure this day, and next yeah, adventure. exactly. So I think one reason why I just I couldn't get into it was because I've seen all the movies and I love the movies and I just know that the books aren't going to be as like action packed and flashy and fun. Oh, wrong again, Matt. <laughs> contraro. <laughs> oh, contraro, my friend. <laughs> um, yeah, no, The Hobbit. So the Lord of the Rings books, yes, I do feel like the movies are better, but The Hobbit is a very good book with book with lots of action, um, lots of fighting, lots of fight scenes. I have it yeah. on my bookshelf right above me, like I'm looking at it. <laughs> oh, and he can't read it. I oh, even took word. it on my my week long cruise because I was like, I want a book to read up on the deck while I'm watching the sunset, and I just ended up putting the book down and just watching the sunset. That's disappointing. <laughs> I've decided that I'm going to take one book from each of Megan's and Quentin's lists and try them. Okay, so well, this might be the one. Even though The Hobbit is above The Kite Runner, I would still <laughs> say The Kite That's Runner. That's the one that I was thinking of doing. <laughs> but I still like The Hobbit <laughs> slightly more. It was it was actually really hard to put these in order. Yeah. Oh, so hard. All right, well, we are now down to our number ones. But before we go there, I think we've got some honorable mentions. Uh, Quentin, why don't you go ahead and start us off? All right, my honorable mentions are The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Another one that was assigned in high school. Wow. Basically it just follows this this kid that goes on adventures. 
<laughs> you're three for three with high school assigned books. I know. I yeah. thought you're basically this follows the pattern of people know what's good for you. <laughs> okay. That's not true. These are the only <laughs> three. Actually, even in my extended list, there were some, I was like, oh, that was assigned. That was assigned. So yes. Um, and then the other one is the great brain. You guys ever heard of that one? No. Okay. Nate, start there. They're pretty short books. <laughs> I'm like shaking my head no. I'm like, it doesn't matter what I, what I think <laughs> yeah, right now. Nate, no, I don't think I have. <laughs> Megan, what are your honorable mentions? Okay. The fifth Harry Potter. I'm so glad Matt went. Yes. That was on your list. And it was totally for the same reason of like having a character to hate, like loathe. My other honorable mention, I have two, is Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Rostand. It's actually a play. So I don't I don't know if it like entirely counts in this top five books. I've seen it only... and it's great. All right, get Megan out of here. <laughs> hey, let's why I put it as an honorable mention. All right, I will quickly go over my honorable mentions. My first honorable mention is Angels and Demons by Robert Langdon, the precursor Ooh. to Da Vinci Code. I went through like a lot of his books. <laughs> They're good. He's he's a great author. I forgot all about those, actually. Wow. Mm. Okay. And then my other honorable mention is Aragon by Christopher Poloni. Love Aragon. There we go. <laughs> One of the ones that Nate has <laughs> read. <laughs> this is this is my time to shine, boys. So I have read the Aragon series. Actually, just this year. No. Last year, I finished, I finally finished the fourth book. And that is crazy good. Loved it. Those are way good. Yeah. <laughs> good job, Nate. <laughs> All right. So we will go ahead and jump into now everyone's final book. Number one. Um, let's save Megan for last. So Quentin, why don't you go ahead and start <laughs> us off? Sounds good. All right. My number one is Harry Potter number four, The Goblet of Fire. Oh. oh. So, yeah, and really, Matt even touched on it when he was talking about how he couldn't decide between four and five. I yeah. couldn't really decide between four and six, personally. Okay. Um, but number four kind of was the obvious choice to me because the one thing it's lacking is more Quidditch. They do have the professional Quidditch match, but I was, you know... They a little get rid bummed. of Quidditch for that year. Yeah. But the Triwizard Tournament is the coolest thing. I mean, totally. I ate that book up. It was no, it's so true. well done. It was unique to the books that she had already written. And like Matt mentioned earlier when he, when he was kind of talking about Harry Potter in general, it's kind of the first one that gets serious. So the first three... They're kind of fun. There's obviously bad guys, but this one, like Lord Voldemort, comes back and you're like, oh, cool. Let's get real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of sets the stage for everything for the, the next three books, everything that happens after that. So yep. that is my number one. If you haven't read it and you don't know what the Triwizard Tournament is, think of like the Olympics on steroids. It's like the <laughs> death Olympics, Olympics. For, <laughs> <laughs> for wizards and witches. Yeah. Yes. Quentin, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my number one is another Brandon Sanderson book. It <laughs> is The Way of Kings. Quentin's over there in the background <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, the Way of Kings, this is the first book of the Stormlight Archive series. 
So I won't say a ton about it, but one of my favorite characters, the one of the main protagonists, his name is Kaladin. And, you know, he's got a pretty crappy childhood. Um, even up until like his teens and 20s, he becomes a slave. He gets separated from his family basically for who knows how long. And it's kind of his story of turning his life around, going from this, you know, depths of depression into basically succeeding in life and helping others along the way. And I think it's just such a great story. Plus, I love the magic system in this book. Um, but my favorite quote from this book, um, Megan, I thought you were going to do more quotes. So I came prepared with quotes and I was like, okay. I left I'll all the quotes quote. for my number one. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. So here's my favorite quote. Um, it says, and so does the destination matter or is it the path we take? I declare that no accomplishment has substance nearly as great as the road used to achieve it. We are not creatures of destinations. It is the journey that shapes us. Our calloused feet, our backs strong from carrying the weight of our travels, our eyes open with the fresh delight of experiences lived. And one of the big main things of this book is a phrase that says, life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. And it's just kind of like, morals that people live by and i thought that was really really cool um so way of kings takes my number one and this is the 55 hour audiobook Whew. it was a long book it's like 1200 you read it pages too yeah i just okay. i'm reading the second one in this series right now All right i'll be a little bit behind you guys i think i'll catch up pretty fast though okay my number one is the screw tape letters by c.s lewis Ooh, have that's you a read good it? one. I have. I think it. I've heard of this one. Have you read it, Quentin? I have not. I, I'm actually surprised though. Like I know what it is. I forgot I, about this one. I, there, I just have such a love for this book. So, I, it's just brilliant. Like it's genius. It's a short book, but you could not read it fast because it's so deep. You have to like read a chapter and then sit on it. It's true. And kind of absorb it. Because the way it's written is um, each chapter is a letter and the letters are written by this senior demon named Screwtape and he's writing letters to his nephew on how to best tempt the man that he's tempting. Um, and anyways, so you kind of have to flip the letters mentally because they're saying, you know, when they say the enemy, really they're talking about God. So, you know, it's just his advice on how to best tempt someone to fall to hell so that they as demons can eat them or whatever it is at the end of the book. Um, but the quotes, I have so many quotes underlined in this book. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so I have a couple to read because I just couldn't not read some. So like this one, do not be deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human, no longer desiring, but still intending to do our enemy's will, so to do God's will, looks round upon a universe from which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. It's just like you have to sit there that's, and think about that's it. That's deep. I know. I'm, I'm trying to like follow along and listen. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. I see what you're saying now. Um, here's another one. He's... He's talking about God. Um, so 
He, meaning God, wants them to learn to walk and must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is really there, he is pleased even with their stumbles. So, I don't know. It's just like a book full of the most amazing passages. And it just kind of evaluates, like, what does my day-to-day life look like? Like, obviously, this is a book for someone that maybe believes in God and wants to think about their life in this way. But it it's like mind blowing. So good. It is a really, really good book. Very thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely one you wouldn't have thought of like writing in that per perspective. Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Super unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And there we have it again. Everyone's number ones. Quentin was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Matt was the way of Kings. And Megan was the screw tape letters. And I'll just throw in my number one, which would be Inheritance from the Aragon series. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Nate. In fact, all the Aragon books were in your one top five. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Inheritance is a great book and a great ending. Um, but anyways, glad we had this one. Megan, glad to have you here and give us, you know, a different perspective um, really, really fun. So glad we could have a, a guest host here. Yeah, let us know if we should have more guests in the future. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been good to have another perspective. I think you guys need another perspective. <laughs> Ouch. Specifically a female perspective. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought the Disney movies would be way more rounded out, but I was surprised with how many father-son stories. <laughs> Boys rule. Guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Nope. Anyways, like always, tell us where we were wrong. Tell us where we're right. We'd love to get your feedback on just your top five books. So yeah, feel free to message us on Instagram, Facebook, and we will catch you guys in our next episode. Bye. (laughs) Edit that out. We don't say that. (laughs) Matt, make sure you edit that. That was crap. I think actually I'm keeping this whole part you in. totally <laughs> keep that part. <laughs> Bye. I'm kidding. You didn't sound like that, but. <laughs> oh. Good times.